Hi, I would like to thank Fenriliania, Justin, Will Anderson, Gray Boxer, and Laughlin McDonald. All of these people went to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and helped us out. Maybe you did, too. Uh, this is a reminder to everybody, patron and non-patron alike, that the Securo uh, season of Bonfireside Chat Rekindled is coming up real soon. So make sure you are paying attention to that. Available only on Patreon. All right, let's get into this good, good game. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Stalker, Shadow of Chernobyl, which is an open-world first-person shooter developed by GSC Game World and published by THQ for the PC in 2007. I said, don't just stand there, come in. I went for the other one, but yeah. (laughs) I said, don't just stand there, come in, come in. (laughs) Get out of your Stalker. Oh, I hope you are ready for some of those accents. Yep, because uh, you have to be to play the game, and you have to be to listen to this podcast. <laughs> this thrilling. Um, the nice thing about the accents in, so I can't do an accent for more than a sentence, but a lot of these are not complete sentences, like the <laughs> the Mimi like calls and stuff like that. Yeah, you know the the parts that get stuck, the earwormy uh-huh. uh, sentences in this are not, or like statements are not sentences. So it's right. like I can I can stick with the accent long enough to get through this thrilling <laughs> without having to like, you know keep going until it eventually merges into a, like an English Australian. Oh thing, yeah. Like most of my accents do the, 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 the fantastic wandering accent around the world in 80 seconds. Yep. Is I can do I the pan European voice. <laughs> <laughs> it was just Borat, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's Borat, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this is uh, the final episode of desperation month and what a grim slog it has been. <laughs> it has been really fun. It's actually been um, good. Yeah. Except for the last part of this game, which we'll get to. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the hateful ending of this. Um, and this uh, this month was commissioned by our patron, Michael Benavides. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Michael, again. I think these have been very fun episodes, and yeah. I appreciate the suggestion. It is clever and uh, a good set of themes. Yeah, and this was the game that was kind of uh, his direct suggestion um, and mm-hmm. kind of the kernel of the idea for the month as a desperation. At least in the early going, you're going to be scrapping. Yeah. Yep, it's you start to scrapping and then it becomes a really good shooter, mm-hmm. and then like the last fifteen percent becomes an extremely bad shooter, <laughs> and that, that's kind of the arc. It's that's a, a spoiler or anything. But, Since this is the premium episode, we don't want to like <laughs> just give away the ghost, but that is kind of the ghost. It's the way it goes. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this is so in, in in conclusion, the zone is a land of contrast. Um, yeah. Speaking yeah. of the zone, that's where this game takes place. Um, mm-hmm. It is this area around the uh, Chernobyl nuclear power plant. Uh, that is going to become detached from reality 
due to the number one thing you have to remember is that the zone is an area. (laughs) (laughs) If you can remember that the zone is an area, you got your first principles down. All right. Now a space. (laughs) Now spaces are places. Yeah. And uh, and habitats are dwellings. So as long as you can get that stuff down, Lenny equals white, Kara equals black, zone zone equals area. Area. Um, yeah unintentionally funny sentence that i wrote um yeah (laughs) i think this takes place like in 2013 or something like that um there was a second explosion or incident in chernobyl in 2006 in the fiction that kind of caused things to go nuts inside this area Uh, and these people these stalkers um they venture into the zone kind of to face its strange dangers and get these artifacts which they sell for money Yep. Weirdly enough, and this is just the difference between me now playing it and when I first played it, no women. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a, you know, it's just a male, it's a boys club. That yeah. zone. Welcome um, to the boys zone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's a, like just dudes. Uh, that's a little yep. bit of a hallmark of any of the media related to, you know, like kind of in this stripe, you know? Yep. I, I haven't yep. played a Metro game. I assume there are women in that, but. Uh, there, yeah. I think there are like cowering women refugees. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about like, right. I think you know so yeah. I've, I've only played uh the, the first part of the first metro game yeah. but and, and given the fact that it is uh set in ukraine it is literally caucasian so a bunch of bunch of white dudes it's kind of yep. hard to tell people apart yep yep uh with names like roach <laughs> um the yeah. uh so uh in this uh in this boy zone you play as a, a stalker so these are these people again that that go and uh then that we'll, we'll talk about what that means later mm-hmm. um a specific stalker car called the mocked one uh, who wakes up from certain death with amnesia and two goals to find the Strelak and kill the Strelak. Yes. Strelak um, being um, Russian, I believe for um, uh, marksman actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so it like, so, so just, just like a lot of the other, a lot of the other people in the zone, he is named after his profession, such as mm-hmm. roach and wolf. Yeah. yeah. I am a professional roach. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, this is a first person shooter and it's got some immersive sim elements to it. You know, it it's takes... got tons of immersive sim elements yeah. to it. Like it is like it is it's a first person shooter control. Like you you control a first person shooter avatar mm-hmm. in a big simulated world. Yes. Like is um, what it kind of feels like. Big like there are simulated persistent world. Yep. Um where things are happening constantly outside you, which is one of those hallmarks of the immersive sim genre. Like it feels like you don't have to be there for things to happen. Mm-hmm. Um and it's largely persistent. Like, you know, you can be, I mean, it is persistent yeah, um, yeah. in the, in this engine, like while you are fucking off in some underground lab on the West side of the map, on the right side of the map, the game is simulating dogs fighting pigs. Yes. So when you eventually get over to the right side of the map, you might find some dead dogs. Yes. Or and dead th- pigs. those have, those have a provenance. Mm-hmm. It's like eating at a good restaurant. <laughs> like you can you can just ask for the provenance of this pig and they'll oh. tell you where it was slayed and what anomalies killed it okay and, I, th- uh, I, th- I thought you were positing that a, that that the marker of a restaurant being good is if all the meat was killed by another animal dog. that wasn't a human that'd be great <laughs> like, <laughs> like can, can, can i know, get like, a moose killed goose yes yeah, like, yeah, like yes and you just get to choose the the matchup yep and you get to see the matchup like what oh, if it was like how there's like a lobster tank but instead it's just a zoo 
And you just get to be like that one versus that one. Yeah. And I'll eat the, I'll eat the loser. Place your bets. Yeah, the, <laughs> the winner gets to, to, to fight another day. It's a good idea, man. Do you want to kickstart this? Like, yeah, let's either do it. as a restaurant or a game. Yeah. Although when the champion dies, assuming he survives yeah. a bunch, he's going to be all scarred and gnarly. I yeah. Think... But you're eating the honor. Cole. Like it's not about the flavor. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> It's about the prestige. Okay. Yep. You know? it's, it's, it's a Veblen good. It is yeah. it is desirable specifically because it is rare. Caviar doesn't taste good. <laughs> like, it's just expensive. Right. It's just salty garbage. Okay. Like, you, no. You know, it doesn't taste good. No, okay. You know? Yeah, that's, um. I get it. Yeah, no, good. Yeah. Let's do it. To Kickstarter. Yeah. Although I yeah. think that may, that may cross a couple of ethical lines. We may need to go to Indiegogo. Yeah, it seems like an Indiegogo. We're, we're going to put this on that whatever the fucking the racist Twitter is. That's how <laughs> we're going to do it. Yeah, this is our new Gab. Fo- fo- follow Gab for updates on on the Animal Fight restaurant. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're we're funding it through Offbeater. You mean the Kickstarter yeah. for porn? Yes. Yes. <laughs> because we just assume that most people will eat the the fruits of this labor, but some people will jerk off onto it. We're, I mean, we're so. really literally and figuratively using every part of the horse. Yep. <laughs> yeah. What? Just real quick before we leave this, this because uh, this would be a whole abject suffering. But oh, since we're, yeah. at, we're at work, um, what uh, what would be just like first order at that restaurant? Like the restaurant exists. All the yeses of you getting over the ethical quandaries to get there have happened. Like you're in love with a girl, and her parents are taking you there for a restaurant, and you cannot say no. Mm. You know, and uh, and she's just like, listen, you know, this is the most important thing in the world to me. Just please go just once. And treat it like it's normal. My dad uh, is absolutely like they made the most dangerous game about him. <laughs> he is absolutely apeshit. Uh, please just go to the restaurant once. What would you order? Um, okay, so I would have a kangaroo fight a cobra with a gun. Oh, <laughs> the, the, um, okay. <laughs> you want you want to eat that cobra, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, that's why I gave him the gun to even it out. Oh, I, I assume the kangaroo would win regardless. Those things are beefy as shit. Yeah, like, no, they're they're they're, 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 they're fucking jacked. No, I gave yeah. you a joke answer. I actually don't. Okay. Know, I don't know what my real answer would be. I was thinking just like chicken killed by dog because mm. I, I know dogs love killing chickens. Like dogs have that kill instinct, and if they get a chance to get a hold of a chicken, like, oh yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll latch and shake. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll do the old latch and shake. A latch and shake will leave most of the chicken meat intact for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can still eat a nice chicken breast. From the latch and shake. Yes. And I am more okay with the chicken dying as part of a blood sport than a dog. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good with that. Although you just kind of said that cockfighting is okay. So Yeah, I mean more than dog fighting. <laughs> okay. It's like not okay, it's just more. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. yeah. so so the problem the cock problem dogging. the 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 problem with <laughs> dogging is <laughs> cock dogging. Cock dog, we got a winner. <laughs> um, no no the problem with the dog is i wouldn't want to take the chicken away from the dog oh i guess that's true yeah. drop it drop <laughs> it just like over a walk drop it drop it fry him up feathers at all <laughs> the, um so anywho if anyone wants to invest in this yeah like, that's good that's gonna be that's the hundred thousand dollar patreon tier <laughs> and like i might edit it in after this episode <laughs> <laughs> So just, uh, so anywho, <laughs> the marked one, um, oh, immersive sim animals are fighting. Yes. Um, yeah. so the shooting in this game is like a very realistic shooter, rather yeah, than an arcade yeah. shooter, um, guns jam. There are lots of different ammo types. Bullets have physics. Yep. They will ricochet um, off a of shit. They'll drop over a distance, yep. like quiet guns shoot subsonic bullets and they have a greater drop than, you know, mm-hmm. you know supersonic bullets. 
Yep, it's pretty. Uh, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, it's also uh, the game. You know, we'll talk about the combat about this a little bit later. But um, it is. You know, part of my journey with this is like figuring out. Like, I think this is when it's good. It's like an actually an excellent shooter. Mm-hmm. Even outside of sim things, I've been trying to figure out why or what that is. And I think one of the things is that high degree of lethality and having it equally apply. Oh yeah. You know, it's not um, Bioshock Infinite, which is a very bad shooter, where like <laughs> I am made of tissue paper. And my shield goes down instantly when I'm around guys, but I can just sit there and empty a shotgun clip into a dude. Yeah. Like, when, no, if I if I hit a guy with a shotgun at point blank range, he's going to feel it. For most of the game, when the game gets hateful, it is exactly what you just described, yep. where you will you where you will take two hits and I, I would empty clip after clip into like monolith soldiers and they would yep. not go down. Yeah, this is this is uh, this is another game where it sacrifices kind of it's like consistently great status on the altar of difficulty. Uh, which is something we've talked about a lot in the show, but like developers knowing how to scale a game for difficulty is incredibly rare. And yeah. every time you see it, like a game that has a good end game, mm-hmm. uh, I think that needs to be appreciated way more because oh yeah, way more game makers biff it than I think we ever really talk about. Espe- like, really fuck it, especially you know? out of PC games out of this era from like 1995 through yeah. to like the mid 2000s. Oh, yeah. like just like what you end up with is a first third that is an amazing proof of concept, a middle third that is boilerplate, but still good. And a back third that is just, well, let's just make everything do more damage and take more damage and also yeah. make the missions much longer. Yeah. Like that just seems to be, a, you know, a hallmark of this era, specifically of PC ass PC games. Yeah, I mean, I think it happens in most like, I think it's happened in lots of games. Like I'm not oh, saying yeah. this to be yeah. defensive about PC ass PC no, games, no. but like. We just, you know, if you look at the, the trajectory of the show, somebody could do, you know, if somebody wanted to put together the data, I bet you that's an extremely common complaint across the entire show. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, of, of that, you know, regardless of platform, just because it's like, well, you know, we have to make this hard. We have to ramp up. Mm-hmm. Like we, we hit the place, you know, the good place where you want to be about two thirds, but we have to ramp up. Yeah. You know, and even even stuff like that came out. Now, like, you know, we talked to, we just did um, wrapped up Immortal Unchained mm-hmm. for, for Bonfire Side Chat for, for patrons and like. The last couple lo- levels of that just being this like dumb hateful slog. Yeah, yeah. You know, like just yeah. oh, we got to keep it hard. Got to make oh, it shit. hard. Yeah. We, we used all of our interesting difficulty ideas early yep. on. Shit. Yep. And yeah. what do we do now? Well, we have to get the game out. Like, let's, you know, just pump up the HP and just put more enemies in a thing. Yeah, yeah. So these battles feel really best when like um, they are short and brutal, and it feels like you're outsmarting your enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're getting good position, when you're getting the first shot off. Um, like that, that, that's where it's good. And like, that's where I think the early game really shines because, yes. you know, that's when things are most desperate. You have this pitiful pistol, no ammunition. Um, and in order to succeed, you really have to get the drop on yep. somebody like you can punch above your weight, you know, above your weight class, uh, and get better stuff, but you got to work for it. And what it also is going to require iteration, like, yeah. which is another, um, immersive sim hallmark, mm-hmm. like. You have to be down for riding that quick save key. Yes. You know, like I'm going to quick save. I'm going to try and approach to this specific <clears throat> encounter. If uh, if that works, great. If not, though, I have to be up for trying this a few times and not making any kind of macro progress through the game, mm-hmm. but making kind of with, you know, broad progress through trying out different ideas that maybe I can apply later. Yes. To similar situations. And I, you know, I'm super down for that. Like mm-hmm. I like um seeing a situation and being like i'm gonna try ways to get through this until i can 
find a cool way to get through it. Well, especially because the scenarios very rarely feel deterministic because of the immersive sim element. You may yes. just get lucky the two pieces knock together in the right way. Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah, it's yeah. a combination of your tenacity. It's a combination of you understanding the systems, but it's also just, you know, there's variety. There's, there's an element of luck. Yeah, there's chance. You know, which is, yeah, there's chance, which is, which is cool. Yeah. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, you are super desperate in the beginning. We'll talk about that when we get to the kind of the second half mm -hmm. of how that feels. Um, you have uh, there's like a stealth aspect to this game as well. And yeah. your visibility and noise level are apparent to you. Yes. Um, so you can and you can kind of choose multiple different kinds of posture. Like you can crouch down and then the second knees in your shin like crouch. <laughs> yeah. And you go slightly lower. <laughs> you go slightly uh, lower to aim better or uh, to reduce your visibility. Um, yep. And uh, you have leans. Like, that is always a hallmark for me for one of these games. Can I lean? Yes, please. Yep. Thank you. Uh, to get around covers and things. So, like, you've got a good amount of, like, agency over the way your body moves, which I think is good because, like, those small little differences can add up for you in regards mm -hmm. to accuracy in regards to your exposure to enemies whether or not you're going to take a bullet because all of this stuff is modeled in this really impressive engine uh it's good that they give you this well and because it all matters yes like you know like like being able to hide a little bit better not take that bullet can be the meaning between life and death like it's yes. not call of duty you know where it's like well it's, a, it's okay if i take that bullet yeah like you are going to take bullets in this it's not a game where you can avoid all damage or anything like that right, right. but you are consistently incentivized to take as few as you possibly can yes like the actual the health system and kind of the way that uh the arc of taking damage versus your kind of defensive vocabulary versus your healing in this is one of the things i think is pretty inelegant yeah actually about it like in terms of it being um a sim but the uh it's still never trivial. Like right. playing this game never becomes trivial. Mm -hmm. And that's a, uh, you know, it, that fits desperation very well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've got a couple other meters in addition to your health. You've also got uh, your radiation. You have to manage that. Uh, you've got hunger, uh, which you, which you manage by eating just dude food. So it's yeah, just sausage, bread, or tourist delight. Yeah, diet sausage. <laughs> you had a diet sausage. Well, I mean, turkey um, sausage yeah. is good, but you know, it, uh, it all sounds pretty nasty. Yeah, it's just whatever, yeah. whatever food would be preserved by the fallout. Yeah. Um, and you also have to make sure you're not bleeding. So you have bandages, you have med kits and things like that. Most of these are just ways to manage, you know, drain on your health or drain on your stamina. And I think that this um, is this I'm sure comes later in the notes, but I find this to be a a weird little clever signaling thing about how the game is going to manage its economy. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, here's the thing. You don't need to carry around enough food to last you a year for, you know, an entire regiment. No, no. You only and have you to shouldn't. eat a couple of times per in-game day. Yeah. Like you have, you don't have to eat very much. So you take what you need mm -hmm. and you don't need to, you take as much ammo as you need to shoot. Yes. And you take the weapons that you need to use, like taking what you need and traveling light, uh, in that respect, I don't think has ever been like enforced like quite as strongly. This is a game, is this game? that very yeah. strongly discourages you, discourages you from looting. It's impossible to like yeah. you cannot take everything that you find. Right. Um, <laughs> and I and I thought that money would be more scarce than it was. So like I was ferrying guns 
you know, yeah. for like from the court and like, oh, I'm going to have a big payday when I get to the bartender. Come to find out, it doesn't matter. Come nope. to find out, you have to pay attention to what kind of ammo you're grabbing because you don't want to have 500 rounds of, of an ammo type that you don't that you don't have a gun for. Yeah. You know? you, or that you don't like that gun. Yeah. And then, you know, you, I, oh, I found a new gun. Like, obviously, I'm going to take this at the very least to sell it. No, not really. Like, no. consider it. Like, do I want to use this gun? Like, it actually makes you think about survival in that fashion in a way that is as good as a game I've played. Yeah. Like, coming to that realization that I do not need to be hoarding, I am not playing this like a video game, like, really hammers that sim lover mm-hmm. down in it more than i expect yeah you have to more you have to think of it like a like a backpacker almost yeah like you know i I need a toothbrush but i don't need a full toothbrush so i'm just going to cut off the end of this so i only have the part that i need yep so i can i can make that space and like generally you know making it like i'm not going to say the encumbrance system in this isn't annoying Mm -hmm. like i got annoyed by it but it's annoying to a point oh yeah like it's trying to teach me something as opposed to sometimes encumbrance, like if I'm in an Elder Scrolls game, mm-hmm. um, I just get annoyed at that. Right. Like it's like this game is about taking back all this huge pile of swords, coming back absolutely twisted, <laughs> right. waking up the next day and selling those swords absolutely, you know, out of your mind. Uh, the uh, those games are about that, but they still have the system involved to put a limiter on it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, you know, and this is more about gaining progress because in that game, the more swords you can sell the faster you're progressing in the general sense of the game, Mm -hmm. because the economy drives a lot of parts of that game. Um, The literal economy, the money economy. So like in that game, having those inventory limits is really obnoxious. Yes. Um, You know, having that, those weight limits in that, in this, it is telling you what type of game it is. Like, even if you could, if you went in and hacked unlimited space, you would not be appreciably better at this. You would not have an easier time or anything like that. And I think it's a really, really clever conceit to tell you what kind of game it is that way, as opposed to just like straight up, just like, you know, having a tutorial pop up um, and and letting you know, you know, you have to forget a lot of assumptions to go into stalker. Something that I think works really well in that regard is the fact that encumbrance isn't just an on or off switch. Like, yes, yeah. there is a point at which you cannot move anymore, but um, there's kind of like a soft little um you know, uh, mid space, right above mm-hmm. 50 kilograms and and below 60 kilograms, you can still move, but your endurance drops more mm-hmm. quickly. So like you find yourself like, oh, I can't sprint for as long and my endurance is uh, uh, regaining more slowly. And sprinting is really important because you have to get from cover to cover. Like yeah. you literally cannot survive. It's not just convenient. It's yeah. also a combat verb. Right. Um, yeah. So you cannot survive if you're carrying more than you need. So like yep. you have to be. You know, just uh, you, it's a constant thorn in your side in a good way. It it puts you into it makes you role play. Yeah. In a way that ordinarily you would not. You would you would come into this playing this like a video game protagonist role playing as a video game pro- protagonist <laughs> instead of role playing this as a stalker. Yeah. You know, and this this is a thing makes you feel closer to your avatar. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really cool system that I think it takes took me. I mean, I don't want to project. It took me a little while to. Uh, Think of it as, you know, figure out what it was and think of it as more than an annoyance. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like what it says about the zone and about the culture of the zone, that guns just kind of literally don't matter because they are mm-hmm. everywhere. This is yeah. water guns. Did, so, like, don't yeah, hold yeah, on to it. Yeah. You're showing the bullet seat. They do other things with that, too. Like how there's a barter system in this game, but uh, stalkers don't need to buy it, won't buy weapons. Mm-hmm. They've got a weapon. What do they need that for? But they will buy food and anti-radiation medicine. Yeah. Because, um, like, you know. 
they're maybe they're hungry and everyone always needs anti-radiation medicine. Yeah. You, know? uh, you, you, you can, you can harvest tissues, you know, you can harve tish, but nobody's going to buy that tish unless they're yeah. a scientist. Right. Yep. Yeah. Nobody needs this, this mutant garbage. Right. Like nobody just buys something just because it exists. <laughs> and it just like, it makes me think like, Oh, you know, cause I've always liked barter systems Yeah. in games. Like I love that in fallout. I've liked that. Uh, I've liked, you know, the, the, in those games, but at the same time, it is a little bit silly that like, this person who this doctor who has like six stim packs is going to take this gigantic pile of flamethrower yeah. fuel from me in exchange for them. Like, you know, that's a lot of cauterization. Yeah. You know, like that's maybe more than you need to do. Um, settle down, Dr. Flamey. Yeah. yeah. The, um, just, yeah so it, good. No, I was just, I was just going to say it's cool. Like just, just reiterate that. I think it is super neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's really neat. Cause like they're, they're, they're like that, that is, a more realistic economy, right? Where there is not just universal, so universal demand for your universal supply, right? It, which ties into the immersive sim part of this, of it generally being agnostic to your presence. Yes. Like you are not treated like a video game protagonist in this. I mean, you are being asked to do a lot of things, Yeah, yeah. but the world does not revolve around you. And we talked about that with like the, you know, dogs and pigs fighting, you know, that isn't a cutscene where you cross the hill and you get to see this to show you something. Mm -hmm. It's just something that happens because yeah. you're just another piece of meat in the zone. Yeah. And that is awesome. Yep. Fact, like that, faction, that feeling of indifference. Factions will fight each other whether or not you're there, you know? Yep. Love it. Love it. Be indifferent to me. That's what I want <laughs> from video games. Like, yeah. you know, I do not need that, uh, like, you know. Uh, I guess like, like Titanfall two or whatever, mm -hmm. like everyone just being like, hell yeah, man. You know, like everybody giving you a high five as you walk by and it's yeah. like, nope, be as indifferent to me as you possibly can. Yeah. In fact, Ignore I wish you me. wouldn't call me the marked one. Just call me. Hey, you piece of shit. Yeah. Just, Hey, you piece of absolute, you were, you were like my fucking boot. Yeah, <laughs> okay. We're, we're, th th this is slowly becoming a very, uh, very specific, uh, yes. jerk off instruction video. So, <laughs> a jerk to the left <laughs> um so uh usually like we said you're fighting uh you're generally fighting other people right. with guns um because everyone else in the zone is really well armed everyone else is kind of doing the same thing you're doing or they're for their own you know they're they're doing the same thing you're doing which can put them in competition or they are in direct competition with you mm -hmm. through uh their own factions and motivations we'll talk about those individual factions when we get to the body of the episode yes um, yeah, uh, there are also mutant monsters that you find, um, like outside there are the aforementioned dogs. They're like the blind dogs and the near dogs. And then there are boars and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. and indoors, like in these labs and sewers and such, you're going to find, kinda, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you start getting the good, good mutants. Yeah. It's where you get the good mutants, the, the, the humanoid yep. mutants, one of which, uh, very dangerous ones are called snorks, which is very yep. funny to me. Yep. And they look like, uh, you know, kind of wicked fire starters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They get, they got a real psycho mantis vibe to them. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so the enemy enemies have really good AI, and animals have really good AI. Like, mm -hmm. dogs will move in packs. As we mentioned, they'll also, uh, early dogs, if you shoot in the air, they'll run away. Uh -huh. I love that. That just feels really good. Enemies will maneuver to flank you yeah. um, in kind of an intelligent way. Um, so the AI in this is generally really good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the other danger that's present here in the zone is the anomalies. Yeah. yeah. These are these patches of altered reality, you know, strange physics that are just kind of endemic to the zone because of whatever happened here. Um, and they're everywhere and they will either yep. cause damage to you, hamper your movement, things like that. Yep. There, there's a, a fairly wide variety of these, including many of which are cut. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a little bit like that one short from the animatrix <laughs> where those, those kids found the, um, 
found a weird place where the matrix was glitching. Okay. And and physics worked differently in like a barn or something, if I recall. It was like it was like the good thing from the animatrix. Weird pull, but I'll allow it. Yeah, it's how long it's been since I thought about the animatrix. <laughs> the um but these uh these are so good. Mm-hmm. Um this is so cool. Like they're they're essentially just traps. But like the way that the game distracts you by thinking about other things to get mm-hmm. you to forget about these, like when you are just moving along, you can usually see these with your naked eye. And if not, you can throw bolts. You have an unlimited supply of bolts. Yep. You can toss to them, which is just like a very flavorful choice. I really love that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's d- um, directly from the book and the movies. Yeah. Like to set, set them off. I think that's very cool. Yeah. Um, but when you're actually playing the game, like, hey, I'm running from boars or I am doing a shootout mm-hmm. here and backing into one of these things, will, like maybe like scream, like it's just like <laughs> scare the shit out of me. Yeah. You know, um, and you, like, know. you get a little alerts that say that they're beeping, but sometimes you're in a firefight where it's just very dense with them mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to avoid. Yeah. Uh, early on, uh, they you're given an option for a couple of ways to get through this barricade, one of which is to pass through a, a tunnel that is just laced with a, with electronic ones like with the with electric anomalies you can get through it but it's incredibly harrowing yep. um, yeah um yeah uh so the layout of these things in addition to like the uh the placement of patches of radiation it's actually really canny and it shows a lot of thought because mm. these will be put in places that explicitly complicate gunplay against other enemies like you can tell that they did this with a good amount of intention mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, uh, it's great. It's like the level design. This is generally extremely good. Yes. Um, which is um, weird to say about a big open world. <laughs> yeah. Another thing is this doesn't have, again, it's kind of in an RPG world, but isn't really an RPG. Right. Um, your progression in this is entirely tied to equipment and artifacts that you can get. Um, artifacts come from these anomalies. So this is why stalkers are in the zone. Right. Um, you don't get like additional hit points or stats from from shooting guys. Um, you maybe get a good gun, but you probably won't. And you might find an artifact. Right. Um, these give you some fairly small benefits that kind of stack up mm-hmm. and they, they ramp up their more powerful versions of them, but they're o- almost always trade-offs. Yes. Um, so it's like, yes, 5% damage resistance, but, uh, a constant, uh, source of radiation. Um, these are not all created equal. Like these are not perfectly balanced, which I think is very important. Yes. Like, yeah, I'll take as much shock damage as you want to fucking give me. Like, <laughs> yeah. give me that endurance. Like, <laughs> that, that is incredibly rare. Like, shock damage. Oh, yeah. You know? No, just the, the, those endurance ones are so, so important to get. Um, yeah. They're I like almost it. the only ones I used. Like, Same. Those and the health regen ones. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. Um, you know, so this, this ended up being, like, it is kind of funny that, like, all these people are going into this world and you find this, like, weird stone and it sells for not very much money and it's not very good. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yes, it's magic. Like that has an inherent value. Like, yes, yeah. this is fucking weird. But at the same time, like, you know, it's not, you're not finding Excaliburs. Yeah. I also think that's pretty neat too, because like the value in the zone versus the value outside the zone, like the idea yeah, is yeah. like, you're getting these and, you know, giving them to scientists or giving them to government so they can study them and make better weapons and stuff like that. But in yeah. the zone, you know, only certain ones are going to be good for the life of a stalker. Again, yeah, it's it's all about its immediate use. Yes, you know, not uh, not its its kind of grand extrinsic value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So you do get better guns. You know, occasionally there are unique guns which are good to get. Um. And armor makes a pretty big difference. Makes a huge difference to your survival survivability. Um. You know, because your enemies are going to be they're going to get better armor as you go along. 
Um, armor also gives you night vision uh, at different tiers and things like that. Um, here's my tip for anybody who is listening to this on the edge of trying to decide if they want to play a Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl or not. Um, I played this game unmodded. Uh, Gary, I believe you did as mm-hmm. well, right? Same. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize that this game doesn't have like a sleep or a wait button. You can get mm-hmm. a small mod that just lets you sleep or wait. Um, uh, however, you cannot install that once you have, uh, once you've gotten once you into started. the game, you have to do it on a new save. So, um, that would be my recommendation because night is very, very, very dark. Uh, and if you do not have, uh, night vision, uh, especially early in the game, your flashlight is not going to cut it. And I would find myself just leaving the game on with myself in what felt like a relatively safe spot. And I would go clean the house waiting for daybreak to come because I could mm. not, I could not function. I might, maybe I just had my lighting settings kind of pumped up or something. Cause maybe. I didn't really have that experience <laughs> with, with the, with, uh, with my flashlight. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't mod in anything you want to mod into it. Like we right. tend to play games vanilla for the show, but the mods all seem pretty cool yeah. in this. Um, the, uh, but yeah, I did, I didn't really have that experience. I did not yeah. have that big of a problem exploring at night. Yeah. It, um, it, it was, it was an issue for me. I can see it. And it could just like this, that could literally be just monitor, monitor setting, yeah, you know, yeah. like that could be, that could be anything. Yep. Um, it did get creepier, you know, and I had to use the flashlight and stuff like that, but it oh, was yeah. not, uh, I could still see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, the game makes no effort to tell you you have a flashlight <laughs> uh, yeah. or anything like that. So, and it's the L button. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. Stalker. Uh, <laughs> okay. Stalker. Um, yeah, but it, it is. Uh, I can see that, and I can see a couple of different ease of use mods being very useful. Yeah, but but and it's that, tough because like there are there are what can what are considered to be like canonical mods to do with this that would change it a lot. Totally. Yeah. Like, uh, and some of which is like intended content. It's like cut content. We'll talk about the development of this and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they ultimately like got a lot of that stuff in with the sequel prequel mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, it's interesting that's all present here. Yeah. If you want it, but just know the developers are kind of doing that too. Yeah. You know, they're also trying to get closer to this version of Stalker that they initially wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, another way this is not an RPG um, and really kind of like, you know, we'll talk about kind of first blushes on this later. But like something that was a real awakening for me is that like it's not really a game about talking. No, no. Um, there's not conversation branching. Um, the dialogue is fairly terse. Like you'll get a couple of meaty paragraphs mm-hmm. of stuff. But um, your opportunities for role playing are nil. Um, like you are not playing a role in this really. Yeah. And uh, you just kind of get quests and do quests uh, and can trade with people. And there is like a flavor to the dialogue that comes through that I think is kind of unintentional and goofy. Yeah. A little bit. Um, maybe not unintentional, but it's definitely kind of like uncanny and goofy mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, supporting the feeling of the, the, the rest of the world. Yes. Like it is counter atmospheric. Mm-hmm. to me so like the actual dialogue and talking in this game i find pretty disappointing generally yeah um, although it's yeah. pretty neat pretty much everybody of their friendly you can talk to them and you can just say hey can you tell me something interesting sometimes mm-hmm. they'll just say fuck off i'm trying to find something to eat uh or they'll say like oh it's a shame what happened to gooch yeah i <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get to learn what happened to gooch yeah. um yeah the uh so that's stuff that you know, getting those little bits of world building can be pretty good. But even the writing in those mm-hmm. is not where it feels like an emphasis was placed. Yeah, yeah. You know, like th- there is a specific flavor to this. I appreciate it and I can understand appreciating it. Mm-hmm. I don't buy that it is in totally in line with the um 
the rest of what the game presents like atmosphere wise no, no yeah um let's talk about uh so that's mostly when you're out following the main quest let's talk about how this game does side quests yeah uh so i didn't really engage with these very much but they're there you know you have a handful of kind of main quest giving npcs these are people that you refer to as you proceed northward in the zone um and you can either speak to them about the main job that you're doing or you can just say hey i need to make some money uh do you have anything that you need done and they will present kind of a list of broadly defined tasks yep um and these are the way that the game makes these and this was i you know i read this online right so i didn't like tear about the source code like this could be incorrect but this is what i read is that it spawns these essentially from that um that simulation sense of like positioning factions and animals in different places mm -hmm. so like if um the game has made this herd of mutant boars travel north to where this faction is that faction will then spawn in its like ai the offer the fight off the boars quest mm -hmm. Because like, so the world actually kind of drives the quest in a way that feels very realistic and cool. Mm -hmm. um, I love that idea. The problem is there's no reason to do these. Money um, is trivial. <laughs> yeah. Money is so trivial um, in this game. Like it does not have a super well developed economy, which makes sense. Again, we, we keep a lot of praise on that. I maintain that, right? Like it doesn't mm -hmm. have a good economy from a video game sense. It has a good economy from a role-playing immersion sense yeah yeah um but i don't need money and the tasks themselves like oftentimes i would lose more in healing and ammo than i gained mm -hmm. from doing it and it's always shoot some stuff yes it's like so, you know go somewhere and shoot some stuff stay here and shoot some stuff that comes here like it is still kind of constrained by the fact that regardless of what kind of world you were you're in you are playing a, an fps avatar in it yeah yeah. Like I am still in the first person shooting mm -hmm. and that is, uh, that is what I'm going to do. Yes. And the side quest really, really lean into that. So it's kind of interesting how they're, they're set up and they're like a lot like radiant quests. Like if you just really love stalker, mm -hmm. you can spend a lot of time doing things in stalker and unlike Skyrim, like doing radiant quests in that, like this actually will have, you know, when you go to go fight those boars, uh Oh, um, a, a crew of monolith soldiers have already taken them out, but here they are and they're way tougher. Like <laughs> right. there can be cool surprises that happen, mm -hmm. but it's generally, I found it not to be particularly worth my time. Yeah. So do not expect these to provide any motivation above and beyond just the act of playing the game. You know, yes. if you, if you want something to guide you into a new place, to you know explore something new you know like if, if having that in your pda will help you yahtzee yeah or you could just go um, there and do that stuff anyway <laughs> the one thing I, the yeah you can also just wander off yeah the one uh side quest thing i will go to bat for is i like the combat arena oh yeah uh in this quite a bit yeah um i didn't engage with that the first time around i did get, engage with it the second time and what it does is it sets up um puts you with a bespoke set of equipment mm-hmm in kind of a warehouse, like a warehouse, lots of cover, like a good stalker environment um, against varying kind of odds. So like here, what is it like with two people without armor with both of them have a pistol? Okay. Um, what is it like if you, it's you fighting six guys with extremely good armor, but you have like six grenades, mm -hmm. you know, it kind of sets up these like interesting little uh, combat iterations. And because the combat in this game is something I find really fun. Mm hmm. Um, I found these really fun. Yeah, I meant to do um, those, but I completely forgot because I finished this kind of under the wire. I think if you do all of them, you get like a grand total of something like thirty thousand woohoo you know, dollars after after doing 
know, 10 of them or whatever. Like it is, <laughs> right. uh, you do not get anything. There's no extrinsic reward really. That's worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the side content that I will go to bat for, um, is the stashes. I love the stash system in this. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So when you kill somebody and you go up and loot them, you know, check and make sure they have a kind of ammo that you like or what have you. Sometimes you'll hear a little beep. That means that you pulled information from their PDAs. Uh, you can go and check your map and you'll see little icons. Uh, what you got from their PDA was information about where they or their friends had hidden useful stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there'll be like a little description like, oh, I hid this, you know, under a cross at this particular crossroads or something like that. That stuff is there. Like you can go and find those, uh, you, you can go and find those containers in the world, but like having these little mini, um, scavenger hunts was always fun to do. I thought, because again, it felt like they had built, they, they, they had built these locations and thought, well, what's a way to get somebody like to the top of this clock tower? Well, let's put a little yeah. icon up there. Like you can get up there and see it. Like it's just a neat, a neat incentive to go look at the rest of the, go look at this world in kind of maybe a more thorough way than you would if you were just following the waypoints. Yeah. 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 It, and it's not just, um, those, those things do exist in the world, but, uh, until you find the PDA, they're empty. Yes. So you will find tons of empty stashes. And then if you, once you find the PA, you can come back and actually get the thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and this incentivizes you to loot enemies. Like even when you are full up on equipment and don't need stuff from them. Mm-hmm. And it does give you a reason to go off the beaten, beaten path for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just interesting the way that they populate, um, as you play the game. And one of the, the things that was cut from this game is, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that kind of more later is just uh vehicles yep so these kind of can become frustrating because you can pick up a pda that is a stash that's like six zones behind you six (laughs) maps behind you and it's like boy like you walk everywhere in this game like Mm -hmm. that's a bummer um if i could jump in a jeep and or fast travel i'd be more incentivized to do these i think yeah um i think they're they're super neat as well yep uh let's talk about the development because it was long and troubled and this was kind of notorious vaporware for its entire run Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so it was announced in 2001. Um, and then there was a leak of it in 2003, which is like largely considered to have functioned like a demo. Yeah. The, the, there were no NPCs and there was no fauna. Um, yeah. But it was still a world to run around in and a world to shoot in. And it was impressive enough at the time. Yeah. Yep. And just like, you know, a lot of the kind of big brags about this, because this, this whole series, the story of the, this developer and everything is very much the story of ambition. Yeah. You know, so. Um, and an unrealized ambition, but just, you know, landing somewhere still worth landing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, shooting really far. Yeah. But it came out in 2007, you know, six years after it was released kind of before that was really common, you know, that long, mm-hmm. of a, uh, that long of a development cycle. Uh, and there was a lot of stuff that was cut out of the game you know, specifically either for performance or polish reasons. Um, there was, you know, the AI was initially, uh, was initially going to be even, uh, even more powerful, even more complete, like your enemies would heal each other if they, you know, saw that it was necessary. One of the things that they said was, yeah, we had to tone down the AI because it could complete, it could complete the game itself. If you let it, I don't know if I believe that, but I can also see that, you know, if you let that go unchecked, it would become really bizarre and unpredictable in a bad way, as opposed to a surprising and delightful way. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, um, you know, even just in terms of putting that up against the challenge factor mm-hmm. and how this game kind of hits that lever too hard near the end. Yeah. Like the only thing that makes the end doable and it is barely doable <laughs> is uh, the enemies 
you know, not having perfect AI. Right. Like missing, you know, missing you, even though they have perfectly accurate guns. Right. Like there are, there are flaws built into the enemies of this game mm-hmm. um, that are necessary to make it doable. Right. Um, so a lot of stuff got cut from that that they were going, they're playing to do. A lot of that ended up in the prequel, uh, Clear Sky. Um, but a lot of it got brought back in by modders. Yes. Uh, the big one that I see referenced a lot is Oblivion Lost or Lost Oblivion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which, which is the original title of this. Yes. The, uh, the working title of it was uh, Shadow of Chernobyl. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'd be curious about those, but I'm, I'm pretty full up on Stalker at the moment. So I, I've never played. I've liked Stalker. I played this a long time ago, um, but I never have played the the prequel or the sequel. Yeah. And uh, I've considered doing that mm-hmm. for this, but I don't have a replay of Stalker in me right now. No, no. Um, so Stalker is loosely based on two famous works of Russian art. Uh, there's a novel roadside picnic and then a film that was a bit based on is actually a really strong way to put it, uh, inspired by roadside picnic uses a lot of the same ideas. The script was written by the same authors as roadside picnic, but that, uh, that movie is the, uh, Andre Tarkovsky novel, uh, stalker, not, not, not novel movie stalker, uh, as research mm-hmm. for this, I read the book and I watched the movie. Um, I like the book a lot more because it is funnier and more lively. The movie is, I forget, how did I phrase it to you, Gary? It's uncommonly slow paced. Yeah. You said it's very slow. Yeah. Which is a thing for Tarkovsky, right? Like I saw some weird stat, like it in a 160 minute long movie, there are 140 something shots. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. So Ooh. you're you're averaging about a minute a shot or a little bit less well, than a minute per shot. That's a choice. Yeah. Um and um, there so in neither the book nor the movie is there any real gunplay. In fact, in the movie, like one of the people that the stalker is guiding, like pulls out a gun when he's about to go into this unsafe spot. And somebody's like, Well, that's dumb. Who are you going to shoot? There's nobody here. <laughs> um but yeah, the movie itself is more like these long contemplative shots of them moving through this space of, you know, industrial area reclaimed by nature and the characters kind of delivering sermons to each other. Um, mm. It's really arty in a way that's impressive, but is you, you kind of have to have an appetite for it. And yeah. it bears almost no resemblance to this, to this game. Um, if, you know, if you consider this game to be an adaptation, it is a terrible adaptation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I can, I can see it. I didn't, I didn't do either of those things. Yeah. Um, I didn't have time to, to read the book. Like this game actually, um, you know, just cause there's not, uh, we haven't mentioned it yet. So that, that kind of that long shitty development and all that content and everything adds up to an exceedingly buggy game. Oh yeah. Um, which is worth mentioning. Like, I usually don't care about bugs. I generally get kind of annoyed at people complaining about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it does if it stops you from, you know, they, they matter if they stop you from playing the game. And I had a corrupted save yeah. that happened to this and had to start over on this playthrough. And then my first playthrough also had a couple of bugs, like, you know, uh, doors that c- could not open, NPCs that wouldn't move. Yeah. You know, like things like that where I had to either, like, reload progress or do things like that. Um pretty obnoxious. So I did not end up having time. Uh, yeah, I've always been kind of curious about that book. I did not have time to read it. Um, you kind of wore me off the movie. And instead I did spend a bunch of like pretty much all of yesterday doing Chernobyl shit. Oh yeah. And, uh, Chernobyl shit is exceedingly good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> um, if, if anybody listening to this, you likely know about Chernobyl. 
Um, how is how, in what universe? Like, I don't. You know, yes, it is. It is so exceedingly sad. It is. It is a tragedy. It's an environmental disaster, the likes of which we've never seen. But it's also it's unique so cool. in the experience of yeah. man and nature. So it is so fucking cool, though. <laughs> like, not cool. Like, I'm in favor of it. Right. Right. But just as a surreal and real thing, mm-hmm. like both surreal and real, like thing. It is so interesting. Yeah. Um, the two, uh, two things I, so I watched, um, a couple documentaries about it, uh, yesterday and did a bunch of reading, um, and learned a couple like things, uh, the, the unqualified recommendation I would give to everyone. And the thing that I, I found to be like a weird fact of the show, mm-hmm. uh, for me is, uh, there's a movie and it's on Amazon prime. You don't even have to have one of the real streaming services. You can have <laughs> Amazon prime where you get to watch what we say. Um, yeah. Do you want, do you want two seasons of Nova? Yes. Season two and season 13. Here you go. <laughs> Um, but, uh, there's a movie called the babushkas of Chernobyl. Okay. Uh, unqualified recommendation. It is a, uh, a documentary about, um, the set of like kind of old grandmas who, okay. uh, who snuck back in, like people snuck back into the exclusion zone to live. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, and also people who have like ventured into the exclusion zone against the wishes of the government, like, like unofficially, they called themselves stalkers after the yeah, movie. Yeah. That's, right? I mean, that's the, that's the thing that like kind of blew my mind. So they, yeah. they also, this movie follows this grandmas, these grandmas. And then it also follows these kids who like stuck in and it is this crazy, like pilgrimage for them. Mm-hmm. Like they are trying to get to Pripyat, you know, Pripyat to get to the, the, uh, the, you know, the Ferris wheel and stuff. And they're like, drinking the water and like toasting it as this like religious ritual. Yeah. And so it's like this incredibly unreal event that spawned this game has spawned this other incredibly unreal thing. <laughs> it's like these cascading unreal things. Yeah. You know, um these these kids that call themselves stalkers and go drink the water in Chernobyl is fucking nuts to me. Yeah. I think that that is great. But the better part of the movie, like, so that's the kind of like really interesting thought, like, oh, I didn't realize that. And they're called that, like the government calls them stalkers. Right, right. Because of this game, like that is an or influence. Be, be, of because, of, because of the movie. Because of the game. What? So the, the, according to the, the, the interviews in this, it's just, yeah, these people are all install, inspired by this video game. <laughs> that's crazy. This, like this video game. <laughs> and then they show like footage of this video game that we played that was like from this trailer that I didn't see that made it look like way more action packed. Yeah. And then these kids are just like, yeah, you know, we, we love the game. Um, you know, that, we've always wanted to go here, etc. So, like, this video game is literally inspiring kids to get irradiated and die. The, the, I mean, like, the, where's the, Joe Lieberman on this shit? <laughs> the, the chronology <laughs> of that is so messed up because both Roadside Picnic and the Tarkovsky movie uh, predate the Chernobyl incident, right? So then yeah. Chernobyl happens. This is already yeah. waiting in the culture. This developer says, oh, we can set something related in Stalker in the exclusion zone. It's kind of already called the zone. And then all of a sudden these people are backmasking it. <laughs> I guess I don't, I don't think it's surprising that kids are more likely to play a video game than read a book. Uh, true, true. But, for, know, but, like, but for me, I think of like, like what, which is going to loom larger, but I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> Like they're, they're teen boys. Yeah. You know, they're like, it's like they're, they're, they like shooting game things, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's just like, that was very interesting, but the, the, the stronger part of this movie and the focus of it is on these grandmas. Mm-hmm. And like, I have never seen a movie with bigger grandma energy than this. Like these are adorable, like amazing old women that I want to <laughs> drop everything to go like serve them. Like oh, I cried. You cried. This fucking movie. <laughs> like, it is, they are so sweet and so good and all they want is a home and they're so like good. Yeah. And it, and it, they are such like, like un, 
sung victims of this. Yeah. You know, like the the whole the all of the people who got hurt, all the, the you know the government just sending in people without protection, the kind of like tardy um you know fessing up, like not wanting to fess up about the problem. Yeah. Then so many people dying, so much cancer. Like it is such a irresponsible. Like the government is the enemy of the fucking people. Like you know, you did not have the, this government did not have the Ukrainian people, you know, in in their in their their best interest in mind. Right. During any of this. Um, all that stuff is super tragic. But these old ladies who are just like, yeah, this is where my, you know, this is where my son is buried. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I, I've got to live here and just like living off the land. And then these like government people who like take care of them and come in once a month to like test their potatoes to see if they're like, okay to eat, you know, and they're like right. making jokes and they're being sweet and like offering them food and like people like, like, well, you know, these, these, old, these old Ukrainian ladies, like they love to give you food. It's very radioactive. Like I should not eat it. <laughs> you try to eat as little as you possibly can to not break their hearts. Oh, Jesus. You know, like it is, it is something. This sounds devastating, Gary. <laughs> it, well, it's, it's like mostly it's like very cute too. Yeah. Yeah. Like they are so cute. Cole. Like yeah. these are cute grandmas. Like <laughs> it is. I just, uh, I just love like the idea of big grandma immense, energy. <laughs> it's super huge. Grandma energy. Like, <laughs> he's got a huge grandma energy. <laughs> Um, like it made me miss my grandma so much and my oh, yeah. grandma's been dead for a long time. Like yeah. I was just like, God, like these sweet old ladies, like I want the world for them. How can I send them money? <laughs> you know, like it was just, it's just very, uh, and they all are in varying states of denial, right? you know, because they live in the fucking exclusion zone, right? You know, like they, they know that they're taking a risk, but there's like an element of dissonance to them. So there's like one of them that, uh, feels like all of these herbs, her, she's like, oh, I know where to, you know, she's like, I know where to pick the mushrooms that are safe. And yeah. then like the expert government lady who's like, yeah, mushrooms have root systems that go all across the land, you know, and incredibly deep. Right. It's all one big organism, mm -hmm. you know, so maybe right here on the ground, it may not be irradiated, but we don't know where that mushroom is. And this mushroom and she like holds the Geiger, you know, the beep little device next to it. And it's like, dee, 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 you know, it's just like, well, this yeah. is a, a poison irradiated mushroom, you know, yeah. and like the government just letting them like, the, you know, no one's officially allowed. To, to be there like unsanctioned, but the government allowing them to, because they're just like, they're going to die of old age first. Right. Right. And they're just like yeah. literally dying out. Like there's all these scenes where the guy comes in to do census and the, the main grandma is like explaining to all these people that he's listing are dead. Mm -hmm. Like, are like, no, they died. They died. They died. Like, yeah. it is just like this literal dying culture in this thing that is just very, very heartbreaking and good. Yeah. And, and, so, you know, just the, the, that lines up. I mean, just, you know, when you think about, culturally what this did to this town and these people like the you know the exclusion zone like another another translation for that would be like the alienation zone or the zone of alienation yeah right you know and yeah. like that that also like makes sense and is probably far more you know profound to at least the hu one of the human costs of this we're just like oh yeah your your homeland is denied to you uh, not only yeah. because science went too far, but also because every single step of this was was mismanaged by the people who you trusted to yeah, in, a, in, in a hateful, manipulative way. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know who are now um, you know has has been this burden, like mm -hmm. this financial burden. I think something like um, currently the government, like something like nine percent of their spending is Chernobyl related. Mm -hmm. Um, as as a country, yeah, still, you know, that's something. Like mm -hmm. that, that's, that's pretty intense. Yeah. Um, and then just, uh, th this idea that they were lied to about it, mm -hmm. you know, constantly, like, you know, they were told they were going to leave for three days 
You right. know, that's just that's something. There's also like all of this like stuff has been looted as well, which is really interesting. Like because of the economic conditions, like in that surrounding area, there are people who are like not only taking these jobs to build this new, you know, covering, but there are people who go in and strip radiators for metal. And oh, that sure. metal gets sold and like is in the world. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff just gets sold and is around and it's extremely radioactive. Right. Like it is not okay. Like metal holds on to that shit. Yeah. The elephant's foot thing. Fuck, man. Oh, yeah. Like, no. it, it's, <laughs> like it's, like, it's never it's, going to go away. It's it's always yeah. going to be there. There is, there is just this, you know, 600 ton, two meter demon <laughs> that exists in the world that you can't be next to for five minutes without dying. Right. Like, what is this? <laughs> like, what a world, man. Like, it, it is just, uh, uh, again, like, again, it's all tragic. Right. If some part of you doesn't just is not fascinated by that, I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. Like if that doesn't at least strike a little bit of your like, holy shit, what, you know, like Gene <laughs> yeah. uh, of this. Yeah, this, it, it is. It is, again, extreme and unique in the experience of both humanity and this planet. Yeah. Really, really fascinating stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a specific animal is like the elk or the deer of Chernobyl that like uh, are, are specifically studied as a, uh, you know, as a, just basically as a test case for like what happens to uh, this population of animals when it is exposed. Like it has been hardy, but it is taking a very different track biologically mm-hmm. and evolutionarily um, because yeah. of that. Yeah. There's also, I mean, I, re- I read the thing where uh, the, cause you know, animals, uh, you know, uh, um, <laughs> like they, they don't understand that radiation is bad for them. <laughs> Well, they also have like, been like thriving. Yeah, there, yeah, because humanity's you know? not there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, uh, uh, the the I've I've read before that like there are dogs, like there are wild dogs mm-hmm. that are there, and if you want to, like you can you can go on tours, and tours, Cole, are very affordable. Like <laughs> we should be doing this, <laughs> should we? Um, yes, yes, we should. Do they like, do, do, do they tell you how many years it takes off the end of your life? It's a, there are like they, the whole area is like super monitored. Like people live there now. There's a cafe. Oh. I watched a documentary about that. That is like opened up because people have to build that fucking second sarcophagus or we're all going to die. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, or Europe is going to get like super irradiated as soon as like a tornado hits it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, so the, the, uh, there are people who like do live there. There are, uh, the whole area is monitored. So like there are places you can just kind of be. Okay. You know? Um, so a day is not going to not going to hurt us. Right. Right. Um, in the, in this kind of thing. And there's also like, was a study where like where these people were relocated, the air quality was such mm-hmm. that 75% of the people who were relocated after the disaster, it shortened their life more to be relocated than if they had just stayed. That makes sense because they moved to, they, they moved yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what was it? What was the thing about the, uh, Oh, the animals is that there are wild dogs, but you can never pet them. Because the the radioactive like dust and and particulates gets in their fur, right? So it's like good dogs that can never be pet. Ah, jeez, like, man, this stop! This just created like these Greek myths. <laughs> you know, it's just like exceedingly sad. Uh, you know, it's just it's just really really special. Yeah. You know, jeez. Yeah, no, I need I need to watch the uh, I need to watch that. What was it? B- the babushkas of the babushkas uh, of Chernobyl. Okay, yeah, is extremely good. The other one I watched is called Chernobyl Cafe, and that's like fifty minutes, and that's the one that has the uh, talks about the cafe and talks about like what it like, essentially like people who live there. Hmm. You know, like what like what it is like to live there. Like people have moved back, and t- they interview the guy who started the uh, the cafe. Oh yeah, um, which is mostly for workers and tourists and stuff. But it's like this little hotel. No, yeah. it's very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Like. 
and they get paid um, when they do work there because they don't know the total effects. Like you get paid a lot more. Like there's this like, you know, 25 year old or 26 year old guy who works there as a tour guide. And for like his retirement every year, he works there. It counts as two. Okay. You know, it's kind of like to make up for like the health risk. Like you're, everyone is like compensated for it. Yeah. So fascinating shit. Not just turn this into like Gary repeats stuff. He no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm getting pissed off because 9-11 first responders don't get compensated for the fact that they worked around there. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. It's, it's a, well, it also like, but 9-11 isn't something that we're like still paying off, you know, like it requires no additional work really. Yeah, that's true. No, I just forget it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. No, no. But, but, but I guess what I'm saying is like, Oh, that like they, they, they they took that into consideration, even though very similarly, like just, yeah, the government straight up lied to those people who went, who went into ground zero. Like, ah, you're probably not going to get cancer. You're fine. Yeah. 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 It's super shitty that they didn't. Yeah. I think, I think my point was more that I wasn't that they shouldn't have done that for nine 11. Yeah. Yeah. This is the benefit of hindsight. Yes. Like this is the entire world criticizing you for 30 years about a thing. <laughs> right. You yeah. have to mind your P's and Q's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just, you know, just set these people up, please. The government has not gotten a lot of criticism for 9-11 except for, um, you know, Twitter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, but generally it is still considered like a heroic thing. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So uh, the, 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 that sounds really cool. I mean, so it's, I, I don't want to come out and say that the stalker movie isn't worth watching because like it was neat, but you just gotta, you gotta know what you're, what you're in for. The book is kind of an unqualified recommendation. It's actually That's really cool. good, surreal, funny and colorful 70s sci-fi in a mm-hmm. way that I didn't expect it to be. Um, just the, like the, the, the different substances that they, that they describe um as occurring in the zone like it's all characterized very differently than it is here like the anomalies are um i just i mean just to, to describe uh the first one like the fir- the first part of the book involves an expedition to go in and get a full empty so like an empty is uh an artifact that is these two copper looking plates that are always at a fixed distance from each other but there's nothing in between so okay. when you move one, the other one moves like this is obviously con- a, a container. They call them empties and they pop up all over the place. But, um, you know, the people have heard tell of a full empty one of these containers that has whatever is inside it. This kind of blue light. Um, mm. And you're going in there to get that. And there's just a bunch of stuff called like hell slime and frozen sparks and things like that. Mm. It's all it's it's all really good and neat. And some of the, the some of the uh, effects that it has on people's bodies is really cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Into that. Into it. Recommendation. It's real, it's real quick, too. It's like a, yeah. like a 200-page novel. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> um, there have been sequels, as we mentioned. Yes. Uh, to this. Uh, there is a prequel called uh, Stalker Clear Sky. And there's a sequel called Stalker Call of Pripyat, um, which takes place in a different part of the zone. Yes. The receptions um, of these have been pretty mixed, from my understanding. Like, it feels like as, as mixed as this has been almost yeah. to me. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of the impression I got was like fans of this will, will, you know, like those, but they're, they have similar problems up until like call it Pripyat, which is much more linear and traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, Clear sky is supposed is largely considered like the reception, the bad reception that has gotten is that it doesn't do very much. It's kind of like an upgraded version of this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so for people who dig this, like, Hey Yahtzee. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Oh. Um, there's also, um, 
uh, a direct sequel that is being made, like, you know, new engine, new everything, but it's a ways off. Like it was announced in 2018 and they said, yeah, it's probably not going to be here until 2021. So buckle up everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, the, then there's the Metro series, which is um, kind of a similar idea. Uh, you know, it's not about a particular, you know, localized man-made hell at the, you know, that's straight up post-apocalyptic, but it is made by some of the same people who made Stalker Shadow of Chernobyl. Like they left to make their own thing. Those games are also mm -hmm. far more linear, but they've got good ideas in them. Yeah. I, I've only played the first, you know, hour or a little bit more of the first one. Same. And then yeah. just kind of lost interest. Like it wasn't like it was bad. I was just like, ah, you know, yeah, just a quarter shooter. It's just a shooter, yeah. though, you know. Yeah, like I'm, I'm less interested in a quarter shooter than this interesting failure that is Shadows of Chernobyl. I think, yeah, for me personally, um, yeah. But people, those those games have their fans, and you know, someday I, I perhaps will play them. Like there are enough sensibilities that are similar, yes. and I do like the shooting in this. Mm -hmm. I think I, I tried that at a time I was less open to a straight shooter, yeah, yeah. than I am now. Um. Yeah, and that's kind of the the generalities. Um, after this, so this is uh, if you're listening to this on the public feed, mm -hmm. um, thanks for thanks for giving that a listen. The way this is the premium episode for the month, so that is kind of the preview portion. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, if you want to hear the next little bit, kind of the, the play by play, um, you can join us at Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV. Yes, it is five dollars per month, but you get access to any of the premium episodes we've done. So if you went right now, you wouldn't just get Shadow of Chernobyl; you could listen to our four hour long episode about Bioshock infinite. Mm -hmm. And that will continue to get more valuable. Like, again, we understand not everybody can afford $5 per month, but if you mm -hmm. can afford $1 per month, every five months, you can still catch up. Yes. And uh, we do not mind if people do that. And uh, we do support, we really appreciate everyone who has supported us so far. Yeah. Thank you. And on to the show. <laughs> 